You're listening to the UAE's number one talk radio station. This is Motormania with Damien Reed. Yes, Motormania in the studio with you through until midday. And uh, I'm joined in the studio now by Noel Ebden. And uh, a whole lot to go through this morning, Noel. But uh, let's go straight to the most recent thing that happened very, very late last night. We're talking Formula One, uh, the Brazilian Grand Prix. And a shock pole position. Oh, brilliant, wasn't it? Absolutely. Kevin Magnussen for Haas. (laughs) I was sat there going, please, please let him get it. I mean, you know, look, I like characters in F1, right? So, and he's a proper character. He's a real sort of, uh, he can be controversial, but that's what we need. That's what, you know, it's better than sort of robots out there. So I really wanted him to get it. I was so happy when he he got it. Really good stuff. And he's going to be racing here after the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix with his father, Jan Magnussen. They're sharing a Ferrari 488 GD3 with Kessel. I think it's Kessel Racing for the the Abu Dhabi 12-hour race and then the Bahrain 6-hour as well. And maybe even something in Dubai, but we'll uh, we'll wait for confirmation on Ooh. that. So yeah, great work there. Uh, I hear you've been pretty busy with uh, off road adventuring out at X Quarry. Yeah, so I was down at the Four by Four Adventure Show they held at X Quarry, which was uh, that was good. Um, I had a lot of uh, cars on on the actual is it circuit? I don't know what is it. A course, I yeah, guess. I was yeah, saying that on the other day. It's like a racetrack, <laughs> but it's not. Yes, it's <laughs> the world's slowest racetrack. Yeah, the slower the better. So yeah, they were all, uh, there was people out there. They had a car competition as well. Um, I actually ended up judging the. Um, Best four by four and best overlander competition. So, oh really? Yeah, I was one of the judges in the. <laughs> got roped into that, so it was good. Yeah, really good. Amazing stuff. I, I, I was out there once with the Ineos Grenadier, and I'm going to go out again. Uh, I was talking to someone the other day who's who's doing up some very nice SUVs that that will be announced to the media soon, um, retro style. Mm. Let's just leave it at that. But, uh, we'll we'll hopefully take them Watch out this soon. Space. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, supercars playing with supercars lately. Uh, yeah, last weekend we were. I did a supercar run up to Hatta uh, with the P1 Supercar. Oh, Life, of course, yes. Yeah, which yeah. is the new supercar club, which is aimed at drivers. Yeah, like fantastic. Rather than posing, let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they um, they did the, they did a run up to Hatta and then followed that up with a track day the other day as well at uh, Dubai Ultra. Amazing so, yeah, stuff. Really, really good. Yeah. Must get out there and have a crack at that one day. Yeah, we'll yeah, get get, you, get a car and we'll uh, we'll go and join them. I've got to phone my supercar friends. Uh-huh. Uh, speaking of not nearly supercars, but, uh, but but very exotic anyway, I've just got a question in from Steve. Um, if you remember, we had the Morgan Plus 6 uh, that we spoke about a while ago. Yeah, let's not talk about that because I was supposed to have and that. And you were supposed to have it, and then someone actually paid money and drove yes, away with it. it got sold. <laughs> <laughs> well, Steve's got a Morgan. Uh, it's not a Plus 6. It's a, it's an earlier one. And he's got a, a question. Mm. Um he said an issue that he's facing, and you might be able to help on this, is he's asking, can he find anyone who can uh, who can balance knockoff wire wheels on a car uh, or where they can get them done because it requires quite specific balancing because Ooh, they're wire wheels. That is a good question. Uh, wow. I've got two names in mind. I'll, yep. I'll, I'm going to pop up there straight away. They might be the same that you're thinking of. One, who do, who do wheel balancing for exotic cars and that sort of thing that might be able to help. One is uh, Alex Renner at ARM Motors right. might be able to hip in, chip in. Um, and the other one is uh, John Simmons at MSW ah. uh, out, at, out at the Autodrome. Well, I was thinking of somewhere else. Okay. Uh, Collector's Workshop. Ah, yes. Yes, so, VJ. Yeah, VJ at Collector's yes. Workshop. Yes. And he and VJ has a Morgan. He does too. So, yeah. He does too. So maybe he will know. Uh, if, if he can't do it, he may know where to get it done. Yes, VJ, Collector's Workshop, yeah. which is right next to Max's garage, which yep. is also VJ's. Yeah. 
Um, exactly. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Well, well there we're you go, Steve. We're um, here to help. <laughs> go with that one first. Have a chat with VJ. Have a chat with John Simmons at uh, MSW. Have a chat with Alex Renner at ARM. And between the three of them, one of them should be able to help <laughs> Someone you must know how to do that, surely. Yeah. Uh, we've also got Jay. Jay's listening right now, and uh, Jay's phoned in. He's uh, quite simply, he's had enough of speeding drivers. Let's, let's have, a, have a listen to Jay. Morning. I'm in an area where there's 40 mile an hour speed limit, or 40, someone I reckon must have been going 80 or 90. Even if you complain on community groups, nothing gets done. So, you know, someone's going to get hurt soon. I just want to know if there is a way to complain uh this is in just outside of arabian ranches today i kind of know where that is um yeah so jay's had enough of speeding drivers it's yes i mean i know arabian ranches it's he's probably talking about the access road maybe yeah the, there's, there's, uh, yeah. there's some speed humps there, there though. that's is, that's, yeah. that's the issue uh i i guess the only way is is to is to call the police uh, maybe lodge, lodge a complaint or, or with I'm not sure whether the internal security guys might be able to assist in some way well you get into a dangerous area here don't you because yeah. um, if people start reporting each other without proof then we go down a very dangerous road there yes. to, sorry for the pun but you see, you see my point right so and also I'm also an advocate of sensible speed limits right yeah so if a speed limit is too low which I believe it is on that service road around the ranches yeah. because it is a service road it's a it's like the kind of mini highway around the ranches yeah that's right um, if the speed limit was a bit higher people would adhere to it but because it's so low people just ignore it completely yeah and so you know i'm not saying that i think everyone should speed everywhere and you know i, I agree with him that uh, you know you've got to be careful especially when there's people around but there isn't people on that road that's not a uh, it's not a road that people walk along there's there isn't the pathway set back there mm. so you know, if it was a if if the if it was a bit higher, people would tend to actually stick to it. Whereas if you make it so low, people just ignore it anyway. So yeah. it's kind of a it's the lesser of two evils, I suppose, if that makes sense. But uh, but yeah, no, look, I agree with him. You know, if if uh, you know if people are way way over the speed limit, that's you know getting a bit yeah. getting a bit silly, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. Thanks very much, Jay, for for giving his call. And uh, yeah, of course, anyone else who's got any issues, don't hesitate. Give us a call. We'll uh, we'll, we'll discuss it. Uh, now, a few things happening in the motoring world this week. Uh, Lamborghini has uh, switched their distributors. They have been with Al Jazeera Motors for a long, long time, decades. They've switched to a company called Ultimate Motors. Now they've confirmed a new author that they are the new authorized dealer for uh, for Lamborghini in Dubai and Abu Dhabi. Uh, the UAE is the biggest market for Lamborghini in the region. The, the deal went through on the 1st of August. I went down and had a look at the showroom uh, earlier this week and, and spoke to the guys. Um, and uh, it, as I said, it's the same showroom there on, on Sheikh Zayed Road. So, uh, yeah, uh, Paola Satori, the, the regional head of, of Lamborghini Middle East and Africa, said that they're obviously excited to welcome Ultimate Motors to our new dealer as their new dealer. Um, more product is coming through. They had the uh, the new CN Roadster there, Ooh, number nice. number zero zero one. It's the first one. Aren't they all zero zero one? Though I think, <laughs> yes. isn't it? That's a trick, so, isn't it? But anyway, sorry. Yeah. So it, it's it's going to a customer, of course, um, and I believe they're also setting up some service uh, facilities as well. Ooh. So yeah, a little bit of uh, news there on that one that, that's come through. I didn't get much more out of them. They're, they're a bit t- tight lipped on other areas of their business, mm. uh, which I'd love to have had a chat. But hopefully we'll. Um, we might even get them in the studio one day and uh, and and uh, expand on Lamborghini in the region. I think mm. it'd be quite interesting. Uh, the other big thing that I went to was um, the media launch for the Mila Milia in the UAE, Ooh, yes. and uh, and that's because uh, our good friend the Shanjato is not with us this morning because he's busy, flat out working on that. One hundred teams taking part, cars from nineteen twenty seven. 1,600 kilometres over all seven Emirates, mm. um, taking off from Dubai Creek Golf Club on December 4. 
and uh, it's been supported by the UAE Ministry of the Interior, the UAE Government Media Office, and it is the largest classic car rally apparently in GCC. Now, the reason I say that is a uh, hundred cars they've been insured. Obviously, the cars need to be insured before they can go out. Yeah, so there I is a, imagine that premium. There is a dollar value <laughs> is that we can Ooh. we can quote one hundred and fifty million US dollars. Ouch! On a hundred cars, very Oof. easy sums. Yep. Average price one and a half million dollars for every car that's taking part. Wow! Uh, to give you an idea of some of the cars there. 1927 OM665, the car that competed in the very, or similar to the car that competed, that competed and won the very first Mille Amelia in 1927. Um, an interesting one, 1964 Lincoln Cotton Continental. Oh, was, I was going to mention this one. It was, yeah, go on. It was owned by the Pope at that time <laughs> yeah. for his tour of India in 1964. It was then presented to Mother Teresa to be auctioned off for charity and has been in India ever since. It's landing this week, I think. That's got some history, isn't it? It's a four-door convertible, the big old 64 Lincoln Continental. Um, Ferrari 250 GT California long wheelbase Spider. If you know Ferris Bueller, you'll know the car. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the rarest, most valuable Ferraris. That's coming in from Thailand, and that's worth a lot of money. We're talking dozens of millions. I've actually met the owner of that car. Yes. Yeah. I actually did a rally with him in Switzerland many, many years ago. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and get this. The Goldwing Mercedes is such an icon for so many people. Ten of them. Only, only 10. <laughs> 10 Goldwing Mercedes coming through. Uh, crazy, crazy stuff. So uh, looking forward to that one. Uh, and, and, of course, yeah, um, December 4, it's open to the public. Get down there to Dubai Creek Golf Club and have a look at, uh, at those and have a wander around on the, on the, on the green. It'd be fantastic. You're listening to the UAE's number one talk radio station. This is Motor Mania on Dubai Eye 103.8. Tell you what, straight away, let's go straight into this. I was out in the desert out near the solar park earlier this week uh, to have a look at this uh, this new uh, car that was built for Bahrain, but by the ProDrive guys, the guys that gave us the Subaru uh, car with Colin McRae, and uh, they've won uh, Le Mans with, with uh, class with Ferrari, all sorts of stuff. Um, but I was out there with Nani Roma, the driver, who is a two-time DACA winner, and uh, we saw this car, the ProDrive Hunter. Give you an idea. It's a street version of the Dakar Rally that's used, as I said, by the, the, the BRX team in Bahrain. 600-horsepower road-registrable hypercar <laughs> on the desert. Um, it was driven by, uh, it's been driven by nine-time World Rally champion Sebastian Loeb and, as I said, twice Dakar winner Nani Roma, the three-and-a-half-litre twin-turbocharged V6. It won the last two rounds of this year's FIA World Rally Raid Championship, and took second place in the championship in its debut year. It's uh, it's a remarkable thing. So I managed to get in. What they're doing now is they're doing a, a version you can drive on the street. I wouldn't say it's a road car, but you can put number plates on it. It's got the lights. It passes the, <laughs> the registration deals. Uh, but Nani Roma was my driving coach for the afternoon. So, uh, so before I hopped in the car, I asked him exactly that. How different was it compared to the car that he races? Something really amazing, you know. We told these days that it's a car that you can go to the supermarket and after to play in the dunes in the desert, <laughs> okay? In the good level, both both things, you know. This means that inside the car, it's, it's really different. This is much comfort, you know. You have everything inside like a root car. The rest engine, we are little bit better. Normally, uh, in the race car, you have some rules, must to follow. This means that we are 400 horsepower in the race version, and we have 600 horsepower in the in the road version, you know? <laughs> Something sometimes crazy, you know? It's uh, the, the wall in the, in the, the other side. But, but uh, yeah, and but the rest, uh, our arm suspension, it's really close. In this, in this version that 
you are the door a little bit much easier to go in and out okay you have much space but the rest it's really really similar and so so funny 600 horsepower which is which is crazy the the, the race cars are limited to 400 because of the, the rules and regulations what is the difference to say a, a desert rally car compared to a, a normal rally car for, for someone who's not aware the, the first point that you must to, to have is uh, durability of this means that we stay one uh, Dakar rally for example it's a uh, two weeks race uh, seven 1000 kilometer race this this means uh, the durability of each part it's it's so important the second and have a capacity to pass all the obstacles you you find for the cross country rally you are different type of terrains you have rocks trial dunes uh, fast tracks twisty tracks this is always the, the compromise car the most important is that the durability at how strong it's the car this is the most first point that we we try to find yeah and for people who like to go out in the desert here locally they understand obviously suspension travel is a major issue getting over dunes and all that sort of thing i mean how is it to drive on normal streets massive suspension travel huge competition shocks and springs how does that translate to the street we, we try to make something that uh, our race car in the street it's not so comfort you know this means that you are really stiff in suspension this means that in this road car we try to find a good setting in terms of the driver passenger feel well in the normal route but also can go fast in the off-road or in the dunes you know and i think we, we find a good compromise in that now now the car it's comfort but also it's it's fast in the middle of the desert yeah and, and finally on to the the competition side of things what, what's your what's your plans and what are you up to now from the moment this year i don't stay in the next Dakar. You know, I have some personal issue this year. I mean, and I stay more quiet. I need to recover something for myself. But uh, I still stay with ProDrive to support the team and to help the team in different things. And we expect next year in the in the middle and the beginning to start to racing racing again. In the BRX, how do you think? I still have a contract with them. This means that yeah, with BRX. Yeah, Nani Roma, one of the uh, great great guy from Spain, one of the few guys who's won the Dakar on both two wheels and four, and uh, great to have him there. When he talks about being a, a car for the road, I liken it to say like a a radical SR3 is also registered on the road as well. It's, it's essentially it's it's the competition car you can drive to the venue to compete and have fun with, yeah. and then drive home. But it's not really a car you drop the kids to the school to school. I, I loved his comment about going to the shops. I would love. To, I, that's a challenge for us, isn't it? Let's go to the shops in a 600-horsepower Dakar car. Well, and, I'll tell you what. Yeah. Uh, I spoke to Paul Doe about this. He's the chassis engineer for ProDrive. He came out for it. And uh, what I wanted to find out from him is how you turn a BR, the, the, the car that's raced by the BRX team, a Dakar rally car, into a road car. It's a bit of a weird one, actually, because, you know, at ProDrive over the last well, nearly 40 years, actually, of ProDrive history, we, you know, most of our projects have been taking a, a road car and turning it into a race car. This is the first time, and it probably is pretty rare, actually, in the whole industry of turning a, a race car into a road car. And back in 2019, actually, when we started the development of the Dakar car, to go and attempt the, the Dakar win, which you know we're looking forward to uh, in the upcoming event. We set about a complete ground-up, clean sheet of paper prototype car, and you know that's one of the beauties of the the regulations of the Dakar is the cars are full prototypes. They don't have to even be based on a production car. So we didn't have an, an OEM manufacturer to be behind this because we didn't need a brand. We had the brand. We didn't have those kind of pressures that you get when you work with an OEM to incorporate their wishes into the project. So fundamentally, full clean sheet of paper, focus on performance make a car that has the reliability and the pace to win uh, what is obviously one of the if not the toughest events in the world 
Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, development began, as you said, from a clean sheet in 2020. I, I interviewed David Richards, uh, and we were in COVID talking at the time, so it was a Zoom chat, and uh, and he, it was still on paper back then. And wow. here it is now. It's 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 competed already. They went to uh, to 2021 uh, Dakar. They got fifth place, the best uh, of a first time manufacturer ever. Yeah. Um, then the regulations changed for this year to T1 Plus, which is kind of like a, a monster version of the old T1 cars, which is the outright car, uh, where the width of the cars increased from two meters to two point three meters. So, and they were in the mid in the, in the process of already building the car when the regs changed. So then they had to suddenly. Factor this in as well. The tyres went from 32 inch to 37 inch. Oof. Totally different ballpark. I mean, yeah. 37 is crazy. It's a road car. Let's for, you know, not forget. Mm. Um, suspension travel also increased as well. So they basically end up with it with a monster version of the original car, which was already an incredibly capable Dakar car, and also more powerful <laughs> than the competition car as well. So uh, they really did put this one to the test. We did a couple of different back-to-back tests where we knew that uh, the, uh, the particular very large dune we tested on out here in the UAE, actually, the original spec car with the 32-inch tyres, it could get up this dune, but it was a bit of hard work for the driver to get up there, and he had to use all of his skill in, in off-road driving together. We put the, the 37-inch tyres on in the end the car is is just taking you know accelerating all the way up the dune and just flying off the top of it so so then paul goes in and talk about the platform to build uh, a road version to take into the extreme conditions the racing limitations uh, and also the fact that being a ground up car there's no there's no road limitations at all it, what it means is you have a platform that is something you can build on to make a road version that means anyone out there can really take to some pretty extreme terrains be it the, the sand dunes rocky terrain even just gravel passes or mountain roads or so on and have a car that really is super easy to drive and super capable um one of the interesting things obviously when you build a car to motorsport regulations is you have a bunch of regulations that are there designed to, to limit the performance to make sure all the cars are the same so we have a, a minimum weight on the, on the race car of two tons uh, we have a suspension travel limit of 350 millimeters and we have a power limit of about 400 horsepower and of course you don't have to do that when you build a road car do whatever you like so what they've done is kind of like you know when you see these other cars in the rallying in the mitsubishi pajeros or the nissan patrols modified well they've gone the other way they've 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 david rich is the chairman of prodrive said that he looked at the rule book and went right these are the rules i build a car that just makes the rules and then we go from there and then from that what do i need to do to to put it on the street Mm. so it's it's not based on any car whatsoever, it's a ground-up pro-drive car. So, uh, But, of course, the guts of it, the engine and the suspension, um, yeah, mighty. Where does the engine come from? What's the is it, what's it based on? It's I believe it's a Ford Ecotec-based oh, 3.5. Okay. So it's, it's a Raptor engine, 3.5-litre V6 twin turbo. Uh, but this is what Paul had to say. They looked at the the engine package by selecting some different turbos. Nothing like ridiculous in terms of turbo size, but at least something a, a little bit more appropriate. They're able to lift the power by 50%. So mm. you're talking about going from 400 to about 600 horsepower, which is a huge hike. We didn't have the two-ton weight limit to, to go with, so we're closer to 1,800 kilos in, in this car. Immediately, you know, simple maths, power to weight there is, is a huge difference. And, you know, the Dakar race cars are pretty pretty performant, so now we've got something that's really out there. In suspension travel, we increase from 350 to 400. Once you get to 400, you know, you're in the zone where having much more than that doesn't really help. 
um, uh, not for this kind of car at least. What we had there was a platform that, with us, particularly with a larger suspension travel, we could go a little bit softer with the with the suspension because you're not having to protect for those big hits with a shorter travel. We go a little bit softer and create a car that's really easy to to drive, basically, really easy to handle in extreme circumstances. Yeah, uh, and. Just, just incredible. So we took it for a quick run. Um, f- just phenomenal. It's an eight-speed transmission, paddle transmission with a clutch pedal, but you, you only need, need need the clutch to get away, mm. and then it's clutchless after that. Oh, so nice. it uses the software away you go. Um, so yeah, tricky car to get to get rolling initially. All you have to do really is pull the clutch let pedal out, and mm. don't use the throttle. If there's so much torque, it'll just tr- oh, drag wow. itself away. Yep. But sand dunes were just like they didn't exist. You sail over them, four wheels off the ground sideways, and it just lands and keeps going. It's just the most uh, outrageous car thing I've ever been in. Brilliant. Fantastic stuff. So, mm. yeah, um, again, it's the sort of car that you can take, you know, to, to drive out to X Quarry, have fun, yeah, drive yeah. home, and put it away again. What about uh, price tag? Don't know yet. Um, if you ask, maybe you can't afford. But yes. <laughs> so it's a very limited number. And, uh, but I do. I, I think they actually sold a few when we were out there testing, so uh, with a couple of rally drivers yeah. turned up as well. I believe it's seven figures. Yeah, yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah, so yeah. It's, it's a way to get into competition if you can, if you look at it that way, rather than a car to have a bit of fun in. Uh, as I said, a few rally drivers were out there as well. Um, uh, David Richards, the chairman of ProDrive, turned up uh, as well. And uh, the FIA president, Mohamed Ben Salam, also uh, uh, popped in and had a go on his way through to Brazil for the Grand Prix this weekend. So, yeah, nice. very, very uh-huh. uh, popular car. But anyway, we've got a whole lot more coming up straight after this. We've got the guests from uh, from XA Group as well talking about uh, a car, uh, traffic on the road that's going to increase and uh, a little bit of AI technology as well. All that coming up straight after this. This is Motor Mania with Damien Reed On Dubai Eye 103.8, the UAE's number one talk radio station. Yes, Motor Mania with you through until midday. And uh, now we're talking about uh, traffic in Dubai lately. Um, it's, I tell you what, it is getting crowded out there, Noel. Uh, lots of people stuck on the road now, especially during, during rush hour. It's just come back to pre-pandemic levels. I had a, mm. a three or four functions this week that kicked off at between 6 and 7 p.m., uh, might as well triple the time it takes to get there. Yeah. Why do you think I came on the bike this morning? <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's easy. That's the way to do it. Yeah. Uh, it, it's crazy. As it stands right now, the total number of cars uh, on the UAE's roads uh, is stands at 3.8 million cars out there. By 2025, it's expected to exceed 5 million cars. Now, that is half our country's population. That's uh, also three years away. Yes, that's so it's scary. Yeah, and it's not far away exactly. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, the implications of that on the roads, on insurance, on repairs and maintenance, uh, I know nothing about this. So, thankfully, um, we're joined now by uh, Manuela Steinhubel, the CEO of XA Group. Uh, it's a company that provides digital automotive solutions. Uh, Manuela is a software developer turned CEO, and uh, and I believe you, you you have a strong background in blue chip companies such as BMW and uh, and Bosch, etc. W- welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's my pleasure to be here. Um, yes, um, I have been working more than 25 years in the automotive area with focus on software innovative technology like telematics, connectivity, innovations, and also with uh, big names like BMW, um, Harman, um, Dryson, and Dryonext, and um, Bosch. Fantastic. Uh, also joined in the studio by uh, Neil Brown, Director of Express Auto. Uh, it's, it's, it's a body shop here in, in our cause. Good morning, Neil. Good morning. 
Thanks, thanks for joining us. Uh, I'll, I'll, we'll, we've got a lot to get through here, Manuela. First of all, um, I'll ask you how uh, how do these companies relate to each other? We've got the the, the body shop here in Alcours. We've got your your uh, information, the, the data that you've gathered. How does that all work? Yes, it's a very interesting combination, and uh, I joined um, XA Group for four months ago, and um, the decision was based on this kind of unique combination in the market. We have three pillars. Uh, the first pillar is it's the body shop, the classical body shop, the repairs, and the second pillar um, is referring to our technician, to our XA um, Academy, but uh, the third pillar last not least, it's about digitalization, it's about software products. And I see there are a lot of competitors in the market um, in one or other area. But um, in Middle East, I don't, I don't know any companies who can have this kind of umbrella, who can join, who can, who can um, um, integrate these three kind of um, aspects. Yeah, yeah. Um, Neil, I mean, that's staggering figures out there. Five, five million cars on the roads in, in just a few years. That's despite all the public transport infrastructure that's being put in right now that's being built around us. We've got the metro. We've got, uh, we've got the, the, the ferries going in. We've got uh, buses. The, the bus routes are increasing as well. Um, where, where, does this, where does this kind of figure come from? Yeah, I think it's uh, it's vitally important, and um, I think with the infrastructure that's in place now, there's further announcements come from the government with the double tier Shagside Road. Um, there's a second airport gone in to manage the air traffic control and the road traffic, but fundamentally, more cars on the road unfortunately leads to more accidents. I think um, if you look at it now, it's around 21%. So one in five people will have an accident on the road. Wow! Unfortunately. Mm. What one in five? Wow! Well, it happened to me actually because I used XA. I actually had my my car. Somebody reverse, reversed into. Oh really? Yeah. 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 So I actually Hopefully know. Hopefully you had a good experience. I did. Yes. Yeah. It was good actually. Um, yeah. It was. Uh, it was done very well. I quickly had. Good. Amazing. I, I guess it's Neil. It's a healthy sign. Then it, it means that it's a busy city. Um, and I said to to Naz Chowdhury in the first hour of the program, I said, you know, when when you see a lot of cars on the road. For those of us who lived here through the, through the GFC and, and all this sort of stuff in 2009, when, when it all became a bit of a ghost town out there, um, a little bit sad not seeing cars on the road because that meant people weren't working. The economy mm. wasn't, was, was slowing down. Yeah. So when you see a traffic jam in my mind, I'm thinking, great, people are productive, people are working. It's uh, the, the city is, is, is alive again, great place to do business. But that concern is the traffic. Um, how do you see the infrastructure that we've got changing in, in the next couple of years? Can, can we exist on the current infrastructure? Do we do, what, what do we need to do? No, I don't think we can. And I think the government have already set out, as I said, they're, they're going to do the double-tier Shakeside Road. Um, I think if you look at the roads in general here today, they're far better than what is around the world. I only look at my own country. Um, there's, you know, there's no potholes. It's, it's the perfect roads. They are, um, they and they continue good. to develop. So, um, yeah. But yeah. It was, uh, sorry, I'm picking up on that there. They're, they're going to make Shakeside Road two-tier. Mm. So, like, double-stacked. Yeah. Oh, okay. There was talk about that oh, probably 10 or so, 12 years ago, but I thought it was yeah, shelf, so, but uh, yeah. it, it, it's the, still there. Still, yeah. That's still in talks, and they're also looking at uh, digital mapping. Yeah. Um, so the digital mapping uh, for um, electric cars, um, 
uh, non-drivable cars is is there on the road today. That's mm-hmm. another big issue, Manuela. Your experience on on uh, on the scene here? Yes, I was uh, amazed to understand that Dubai is uh, an ambitious uh, city, and the road and traffic um, authorities uh, have already started to to digitalize the the, the roads to make to create uh, digital maps for autonomous driving. So I have been working with autonomous driving before, and especially the combination between the conventional drivers, the human, and autonomous cars will change definitely the way how we operate, the way how we are driving on the car. So it will be a challenge at the beginning, um, but I do believe that um, the traffic like we know today will change rapidly um, in three years or four years when the first autonomous driving cars will be on the street. You've, you've brought up a really interesting point with autonomous cars, obviously, they're self-driving in effect. But then I imagine that they'll be speaking to, to, the, to the wider network, the infrastructure here. So traffic lights, uh, you know, parking systems, that sort of thing. So to, to encourage a smooth traffic flow, the cars then can alter their speed to stay to make sure that cars continue like a green light run sort of thing this is the sort of thing that's been been trialed i think in in europe but is this something that you can see happening in this region not yet but we are on the best uh, way to do this um also in the europe you can see that there are a lot of uh, autonomous driving cars on the highway mainly but if we talk about a city um autonomous driving in the city is uh, pretty pretty big challenge. Mm, so yeah. um, I study, um, after my, my graduation, I studied um, auto, not autonomous driving, um, neural networks, in fact, what we call computer vision nowadays. And to this time point, um, the mathemat- mathematical models were ready to to be used, but the computer power was not enough. So I have to wait uh, years till this will become reality. And is that because of the just the the amount of information it has to dissect in terms of being in a built up city, people walking on across the street, a car here, parking spots, that sort of thing? Yes, this is the amount of um, information we have to um, to process, and this is exactly the challenge what the XA Group has um, at the moment with uh, AI tools. Um, it's uh, of course the mathematical model what we use, but uh, we need a lot of um, images mm. to ensure that um, the quality of our um, results is really good. So we are uh, lucky to have this um, high number of uh, images, the quality, the, big re- the good resolution of images, but also the vari- variety of the images, because um, our products um, will be used or are, be, are used by different targets group, like um, um, the customer, the end customer, the, the policyholder, the car owner. So we have uh, AI products in the so-called uh, FNOL app. This is the first notice of loss in case an accident, in case of damage, uh, the um, car owner can use this. We have also, uh, we use this kind of products also for our body shop and um, probably Neil will talk a little bit more about our expansion activities. Um, we have also um, our partners, uh, cooperation partners. Um, that means we have a big volume of data in best mm. quality yeah. and this allows us to, to have a very, very good result. 
This is Motor Mania on Dubai Eye 103.8. The UAE's number one talk radio station. Yes, Motor Mania with you through until midday and we are talking all things at the moment, AI and car repairs and a whole lot. We've got Manuela Steinhubel, the CEO of XA Group with us in the studio along with Neil Brown, the director of Express Auto Body Shop here in Alcuz. And uh, yeah, we've just been talking about uh, how this, this all works on, on the streets of Dubai. Some really interesting uh, uh, information uh, coming out of this. Uh, Neil, in, in terms of... of pre-owned cars here the interest here has uh, has skyrocketed because of you know, supply chain issues and and a number of other things um, can you give us like a ballpark figure of, of what the used car market is now worth in in the region um i couldn't give you a ballpark figure of what it's worth i think that's the uh, million dollar question <laughs> i think everyone but, wants to know that all i can tell you is um i myself looked for a new car probably six months ago and I went to various dealers within the region, and there's uh, there's simply no there's no supply. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that has actually driven the the used market. So then, from an after sales perspective, from our part, um, it obviously makes us more busy as a business, and uh, and the independent body shops and service centres, due to the age of the car, it's actually maturing. Yeah. Um, I think. Yeah from stats that I've knew in my previous role, um, generally people out the car for four to five years. That's now gone six, pushing on seven yeah. years. And it's more due to the, as you said, the, the, the supply. And, yeah. and economic pressures as well, I guess. You know, everything's of getting course. more expensive and things across the globe. So people are hanging on to their cars for longer. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. So, so the topic we're talking about the, this morning is that uh, the headline is, by 2025, the total number of cars in the UAE are expected to exceed 5 million, which is about half the country's population. That's up from 3.8 million this year, and uh, and the implications are, are, are many and varied. Uh, Manuela, um, the cars that are being sold now uh, are mostly well, the the new cars are being sold now are mostly connected cars, and that that's going to go a step further as the generations of of uh, the technology comes through. Can you just talk us through the the latest technology in terms of what is connectivity in in vehicles for someone who buys a new car? Yes, connectivity is um, just the door opener between the cars and the outer world. So I think seven years ago, um, the car was um, a closed environment. But now we have a um, seamless transition, transition from the cars to the outer world, which of course um, has chances, but also um, makes problems like the cyber security, car cyber security. Um, but um, connectivity is and stays one of the most important technologies. With five G, um, opens a lot of um, a lot of uh, possibility, like a connected vehicle. Um, but what I want to highlight at the moment is, um, let's say, a well-known technique technology in connectivity, and is the predictive maintenance. Mm. So. Um, why I want to talk about this? Because we want to transfer or we, we are transferring this concept also to our body shop. Um, how we do this with our AI, with our computer vision technology, um, we 
try to analyze the huge amount of data what we collected from our body shops. There are different um, different data what we are assessing. And it's for us very important because um, we get insights. So the number of data couldn't be manually assessed. So it's huge. And this is why we use artificial intelligence, computer vision, artificial intelligence to, uh, to assess the data and get insights. Um, for example, we get insights about which kind of um, car brands and parts we will need probably in the next time. Maybe if there are some critical parts we can already um, buy in advance. So it's important for us also to have a kind of predictive um, learning. We, I talk about um, XA Academy, what we have. Um, investment in our people is very important. And also these insights give us uh, hints there are hints um, in which area potentially we have to train um, our people intensively. Um, the reason behind is uh, we are operating um, in a broad spectrum of cars, starting with um, volume cars to premium cars, but also supercars. One car, if if one car is coming to to repair. Um, we have a holistic approach to repair the cars. That means um, for some damages, it's not only uh, the body, part, the, the body um, to be repaired, but also the electric and mechanical components to be repaired. So our technicians are trained to do this. Apart to this, um, just one sentence, uh, what I want to add. Um, apart to this, uh, we have technology probably are not the mainstream or not the standard um, in every body shop like diamond cut. And um, we know also that our specific challenges when we are repairing the, um, the supercars, for example, the, the motors, uh, probably it's a, it's a traction, back traction, rear mm -hmm. traction, uh, which is not, let's say, common for the volume cars. And even the engine would be in front, the pipeline, the pipeline goes to the rear, to the rear, um, the rear part. So AI help us very much in analyzing um, the, the, and getting insights how to optimize our work. Fantastic. I'll tell you what, we, we, could, uh, we could carry on and talk about this for a whole lot more. Um, there's so much information to come out of this, but, uh, but <laughs> time's against <laughs> us. So, Manuela, thank you so much, uh, Manuela Steinhubel. It was the my pleasure to CEO be here. Thank of, you very much. Of XA Group. Pleasure to have you with us. Neil Brown, Director of Express Auto here in Alcuz. Thank, thank you so much for your time. You're listening to the UAE's number one talk radio station. This is Motormania with Damien Reed. We've got a loaded show coming up, but right now it's time for... Fix it or flip it. Yeah, that's right. Tell us about your car. We'll tell you how much it's worth. That's how easy it is, and uh, this is how it works. What we need from you guys, we need the, uh, the make, the model, the year, the mileage, the colour... Any information you've got for us, send it to 4001 or via the ARN player. But I'm not doing it alone, of course. I am doing it uh, being assisted, of course, by automotive entrepreneur Naz Chowdhury, who joins me in the studio this morning. Naz, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me back. Thanks for uh, th thanks for being with us. Uh, you've been a busy you've been a busy man. Well, you've been playing with cars a bit lately. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, it's the season for it, so I've been getting some of the classics out of the garage, preparing them, ready for the season. Fantastic, fantastic, and uh, interesting. You know, we're, we're in the in the second half of the show, we've been talking about uh, the number of cars on the road are increasing uh, dramatically. Now, I've seen this week just my just my anecdotal evidence. This week, the traffic is already crazy. But uh, I mean, 
we're going back to almost pre-pandemic levels in terms of cars on the road now. I'd say like pre-2008 levels, this is the, the highest I've ever seen. I mean, from September onwards when the schools opened, you saw the traffic build up and it's just been getting more and more. And I guess it's a really healthy sign that Dubai really is packed and on fire, you know? Yeah. And, and that's the thing. After those of us who have been around long enough to remember 2009 yeah. <laughs> and when things went a little quiet, um, he said, I've never complained about traffic ever since. Because yeah, when you see traffic on the road... It's a sign of good health, right? Business, business is happening. People exactly. are doing things. People exactly. are getting out there and having around. When the, There is nothing more depressing than seeing quiet roads because the it's July, not a good August sign, is it? summers, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, it's uh, we just got to put up with it and, and, and soak in the fact that people are here doing business and enjoying life uh, but right now though uh, it is time for of course fix it or flip it and as we said uh, the make the model the year the color the mileage the whole lot so uh, uh, as much as you can uh, now we're going now straight to the line we've got to call us straight up and uh, we'll see if we get on the line we've got Joanna uh, in, in on the line at the moment uh, good morning Joanna Good morning. How are you today? Very well, thanks. Thanks for being uh, first off the uh, off the <laughs> on the line. Uh, now you've got a uh, 2011 Nissan Qashqai. Is that right? That's correct. Yes. Okay. Tell us a little bit more about it. Well, um, um, look, it, it's reliable. Uh, that's why I like it. It always goes. I, I turn the engine on and it goes. Um, there, I've never had any accidents in it. Um, and, um, yeah, it's, it's a titanium color. And um, it's uh, only got 66,000 miles on it. I, I usually use it just to go to the beach and do shopping and stuff like that. Um, and... I, I like it. I really like it. Except the only problem is, is when I, I like to, I drive fast. I'm sorry to say, <laughs> and you know, when I'm taking off from the lights, I don't get that pull. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I don't get that rush of zoom, and uh, <laughs> so I have to uh, wait for it to build up a bit of power there. That would be my only complaint about it. Yeah, that, otherwise it speeds a long time. I, I understand exactly where you're coming from. Uh, we're in the same club, but <laughs> but uh, the, the the reason why you're, you're probably feeling that with the Qashqai is that uh, Nissan they have what they call is a, a CVT, a constant variable transmission, which means that you do get the feeling that you put your foot down and nothing happens for a bit, and it feels like a rubber band winding up and mm. then and then gets going. The 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 benefit, the other side of the coin from that is that you're probably finding you're getting very good fuel economy because that's what that transmission is all about is getting into the tallest gear as quickly as possible which means that you don't have the performance but you're going to get more range out of your, your tank than, than a comparable car of that size Ah yes, I must say. Look, it's, it is petrol economy. Um, I, you know, I don't spend a lot of petrol. Obviously, I mean, it's 2011, and I've done 66,000 miles, so you can imagine how much petrol I've used. Uh, not a great deal. Yeah. Um, so, but um, no, no, I like it because it's reliable. However, I would like to to sell it because I'd like to trade it in or buy a Tiguan. What do you think of the the VW Tiguan? Do you think that's a good car? Uh, yeah, personally, yeah, great. In fact, I was talking to the guys from Volkswagen this week, and uh, like everything, stock is a real issue right now. There is, uh, in terms of Tiguans, there is nothing there. Um, I believe there's a shipment of Tuaregs coming in very soon that uh, that are going to be uh, dispatched to the dealer here in, in, imminently. But in terms of Tiguan and other models, 
They, they've got their hand up with the factory saying, just send us whatever you've got. Uh, it's just one of those things right now. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, I'm not rushing out this afternoon. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I mean, first of all, I've, I've still got my Nissan. And so, therefore, I'd, I'd like to sell that, see how much cash I've got, and then how much I have to pay then the difference for the Tiguan, which I think the Tiguan's about 120 Yeah, yeah, thereabouts. Uh, so, Naz, um, what do you think about the, the, the cash guy? Yeah, so in terms of pricing, Jonah, um, first of all, regarding the uh, the issue about not pulling off of the lights, I actually don't think Qashqai's are built to do that, so <laughs> there's nothing wrong with the car as such. Uh, in terms of pricing, with it being relatively low mileage, in fact, you don't come across 12-year-old cars with only 66,000, I'd say the price is around twenty five to 28,000 dirhams if you find the right buyer. And regarding the Tiguan, it's a lovely, lovely engine. The 2-liter TFSI it's definitely got a lot more punch and a kick than the um, than the Qashqai does. And when it does fall out of warranty after a few years, for very little money, you can just fettle with the engine, a bit of a remap, a bit of a tune uh, to really get your horsepower up as well. Oh, great, great, terrific, yes. Well, that, that is that is the eventual plan. So I'll only get about <laughs> 28000 for the Nissan. Twenty five to twenty eight. yeah. I mean, if you look online, they're actually advertised for less, around eighteen to 20. But the mm. advantage of yours is it has way lower kilometres than everybody else on the market, so you can demand a premium for that. Oh, for sure. And and it's very, very good condition inside. Yeah. I mean, there's no, there's, um, you know, there's nothing in there. So, uh, yeah, so, all right. Well, look, thank you very much for that. It's given me some hope, and I look forward to getting my Tiguan eventually. All no, a pleasure, Joanna. All the best with it. And uh, let us know how you go. I will do. Thank you very much, Damien and Nev. Thank Bye. you. Brilliant. Thanks very much, Joanna. And, uh, yeah, if you've got any questions at all, do what uh, Joanna has just done. Give us a call, 04871 Naz Chowdhury will do his best to give you some value, and I'll, uh, I'll fill in time while he does the numbers because he's the expert on this side of the fence <laughs> in this one at the moment. I try. <laughs> he does an amazing job, I'll tell you what. Uh, now, Naz, we've got a text message in here. It's the uh, it's an Audi uh, TT RS, uh, a nice car, actually, the, the RS version of the TT. This is a 2010 model. Model, a manual transmission, only 29,000 kilometres, and it's black GCC spec. I drove these from the at the press launch and I'm really impressed. I think it's the uh, – if, if there's one I'm thinking of, it's the five-cylinder turbo. The which, 2.5. Yeah, which incredible. is like a, the baby quattro from from those of us who remember. And manual as well? That yes, is it is. a really winning yeah. car, yeah. Um, I remember a couple of years back, you, you were able to pick these up for as low as 50,000, 55,000 dirhams. They almost like depreciated maximum. Wow. But now as they're getting on a bit, the prices are starting to climb back up again. Yeah. With with not many cars available. And they've got that cars have five been cylinder howl too that the, the old group if those those older I remember the old group big rally yeah, quattros yeah, exactly. remember, you know. And because the mileage is so low, it's it's really worth what someone's willing to pay on the day. But if I was to have such a car with such kilometers, um I'd put it up at ninety, ninety five thousand dollars because really there's nothing else out there. If the guy doesn't yeah. want it, wants to negotiate, you can just say, well, go somewhere else then. But there is none. <laughs> there is nothing else. <laughs> yeah, that that's the thing. Uh we don't have a name from from this caller, but uh but absolutely I, I agree with Naz, I'd say that uh, you probably won't sell it immediately, but there is a buyer for that car exactly. that will pay whatever you put. Exactly. <laughs> Within <laughs> reason, of course. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh now we're going to the line, we've got uh Abdul Majid, uh, good morning, Abdul. You've got uh, an Audi Q7 2018, yeah? Yeah, good morning, yes. Good morning. So um, tell us more about uh, b- about your Audi. It's, so I 
bought it um, 2020, um, 2020, and basically it came with the dealer with the warranty and the service and uh, mainly used it for, you know, driving the kids and, and stuff for so low, low usage, I would think. Um, and then I just recently extended uh, the service contract with the dealer and uh, it still has the extended warranty. And I'm just looking to see what it's worth. I know the market's a bit still hot, so I wanted to see if it's still priced, perhaps sell it, and then, you know, at some point I'll buy a new car. Yeah, well, the market's hot in your favour because you're the it seller. It really is, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what, what are you thinking? Uh, sorry, w- was it the... Uh what was the engine variant? Is it the th- you said the thirty TFSA? Yeah, yeah, it's an S line. It's an S line. That's what I. Yeah. Um, very desirable car, especially this time of year, being a seven seater, kids, school runs, things like that. Um, I think you'd be pleasantly surprised on this. You'd probably want to advertise this car for around one hundred and eighty thousand dirhams. Okay, great. And I think that's probably not much less than what you paid for it a couple of years back, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think you're one of the lucky few that actually like you got good usage yeah. out of a car without much depreciation because you literally caught the appreciation curve, which is amazing. Yeah. Well, and, and do you think? Uh, sorry. Do you think I'll get a bit more because it still has an extended warranty and the service contract with the dealer, or is that, is that so, included? So when they originally came out, I believe they had a three-year warranty and service contract, or was it two years, if I'm not mistaken? But for not uh, much money more. Yeah, for not much money more, people always upgraded to the five-year. Most of the cars you see do have the five-year warranty and service contract. Um, but again, like, there's not many on the market. They are advertised for, you know, 180, 190. There's no harm in trying at 195 and then accepting the offers that you typically get in Dubai, right? <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Yeah, I think you bought it at the right time, 2020, when exactly. COVID was in, uh, you could you could get a, get a good deal. Now there's no supply when you're trying to sell. You've uh, you've picked the top of the curve on both times, so you've, you, I think you're going to do quite okay out of that one. <laughs> All right, great, great to hear. Thank you so much. All the Th- best. Thank thanks you. very much, Now we're going to uh, we're going to play a little bit of um, automotive matchmaking here because we just had Joanna on the line a few moments ago talking about the <laughs> Nissan Qashqai that uh, that she was looking to get a value on and was pondering the idea of a VW Tiguan. Now there's none there's none in the new car showrooms right now, but I've got Pretty on the line. Good morning, Pretty. Good morning. How are you this morning? I'm very well, thank you. How about you guys? Very good, thanks. So hey. I believe you do have a, uh, a VW Tiguan that uh, that you're looking to uh, to sell. Is that right? Yes, that's right. Okay, so tell us uh, tell us some more about it. Um, right. So it's 2019. Bought it in May. Um, I've run about 38,706 kilometers till now. Very it's accurate. And, uh, yeah, because I'm driving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I'm planning to sell it. And um, I have tried to get a quote uh, from a number of places. Someone said it's going to be for 50000 but I'm sure that's not the number. And But I'm looking for 110 So I just wanted to understand if that's the right number I should be going lower or higher. Okay, pretty. Sorry, can I ask what the what, what's the spec on the car? I mean, is it an SE? Is it a R design? It's an SE. It's an SE. Yes, so, the uh, yeah, I mean, in term and the in the kilometers was thirty eight thousand. Look, I don't think there's any harm in advertising it for around one hundred and ten, but right. I think by the time you people come and negotiate and have a look around, you're probably going to net around ninety to ninety five thousand in today's market. 
Uh, unless Joanna's still on the line. Uh, I'm, or, or I'm sure she's, she's still listening. There, so listening. <laughs> <laughs> she might put an offer in. Yeah, I would, I would, I would really be happy to sell it because since I'm moving out of country and I have only two months left, so yeah, I'm looking up for a buyer. And since the car's been my baby, I'm looking for a good buyer who will take care of her like I did. Yeah, I mean, look, Preeti, my advice is you've got plenty of time, so time is on your side. It sounds like you've been shopping around with a few people that have been giving you really low ball offers. My advice would be to, right. the weather's nice, get it washed, take some nice pictures of it, advertise it uh, in all the right places at 99 and uh, just sit back and I'm very confident we'll sell in the coming weeks. Yep. Sure. Thank you for the advice. Fix it or flip it. Yeah, tell us about your car. We'll tell you how much it's worth, and this is how it works. It's so easy. Just give us as many details as you can, the make, the model, the year, the colour, the mileage, and uh, text it to 4001 or via the ARN Play app and uh, and talk all things cars. That's what we do. And with that, going straight to the line, and I've got uh, Kappel on the phone. Good morning, Kappel. Good morning, guys. Uh, good morning, uh, Damon and Naz. I love your show. Thank I've been a listener for this uh, for the past many years now. And uh, my question is, uh, I have a Mazda 2011, which is uh, a bluish in color, about 195,000 kilometers on the auto. I've been using this as a second car just to drop my kids to the school and take them back. And now I'm looking to upgrade to a new car. So I just wanted to understand what kind of uh, price can I expect in this market? Sorry, which Mazda is it? It's a Mazda 6 2011. Oh, Mazda 6. Okay, so 195,000 kilometers and you're, you're looking to upgrade. 2011 model. Do you know what, what, what engine size you have? Uh, it's a 2.0 engine and it's a, I mean, it's a zero accident car. Like it's an accident-free car. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'd say it's worth around eighteen to 20,000 dirhams, somewhere there. Oh, that's great. That's great. Thank mm. you so much for the advice. No problems. No problems. All no problem, Kappel. <laughs> Thanks very much for the call. Now, it's, uh, it is the morning for Tiguan's by the sound of it. Some days you have Ford, some days you have Volkswagen. This is a Tiguan <laughs> morning. Good morning, Mohammed. Hey, guys. Morning. How are you? Very well, very thanks. Well, thank very you. You. Morning, Tobias, and a lovely show. Uh, I mean, uh, I just got tuned into it, and I'm, it got my attention, so loving it at the minute. Uh, I've got VW Tiguan R-Line Black Edition 2020. Registered in 2021, February, warranty until 2026. Uh, current mileage, 30,000 on the clock. Uh, it's a four motion. Uh, yeah, fully leather interior, just like gray color. Brilliant. And uh, only 30,000 kilometers, is that right? Yeah, that's it. Fantastic car, Mohammed. Um, in terms of pricing, I'd say... Uh, yeah. A- advertised price around 160, 165, somewhere there, and expect an offer around 155 in terms of like changing hands, somewhere there. All right, okay. okay. What were you thinking? Uh, I was thinking around the mark of 150 to 155 ish. You really got me in there. Yeah, so we're there or thereabouts, really. Uh, but I don't think that would stay around for too long, to be honest. Uh, Gunmetal Grey, um, yeah. very nice car, the R Line. So yeah, R-Line with a black edition, it's got a black accent on the wheels and then all around the trim and stuff. That's one thing. I'm, I'm a kind of a car enthusiast, so just wondering if you can give me a piece of advice. What, what car should I go next after selling this? It really depends what you're looking for. I mean, are you looking for... Let's, let's quantify it this way. You know, if you were to prioritize these, reliability, style, depreciation, running costs, and type of car, oh. then we can direct you. You know, there's a, it's a very open-ended question. <laughs> Yeah, maybe a bit of both, really. And not, I don't want to be depreciated too much because I sell the car for every six months. I get bored of it and 
I mean, if, you, if you're looking around the same style of, of, of car that you've got, um, yeah. if you're looking, say, the state of the Germans, you've got the uh, the, the Audi Q3, uh, you've got the BMW X3, or, um, so mm. that, that there's a few of those options as well. Uh, then you could perhaps look at the, if you want to look at prestigious uh, uh, small size SUVs like that, you've got the Infiniti yeah. product, you've got yeah. Lexus as well, the, uh, the, the little LX. So... There's, there's a couple of options around there, um, but again, it's a matter of you know seeing what what's available in stock and what's there, and that will probably guide you as to uh, as to what you would like. Yeah. All right. Okay. Gotcha. Thank you, guys. Thanks a lot. No problem. Brilliant. All the best with the sale. Have a good day. Thank you. Thank Bye you. Bye. Thank you. Thanks, Rashmaham. Right. So uh, now we're going to uh, we've got an interesting here question here from Sunil. Now Sunil um, has a Honda HRV. Good morning, Sunil. Yeah, very good morning, guys. Very good morning. Morning. So yeah, good morning. So you have a Honda HRV, uh, fifty-three thousand yeah, kilometers. I am still in the driving seat with Honda HRV. Okay, uh, I have Honda HRV that is two thousand nineteen model. Uh, it is just only fifty-three thousand kilometer. Yeah, color red color. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is still still under uh, Honda warranty and uh, all the service history with Honda still. Uh, there, there are I just just uh, one just one two weeks before only I uh, I changed all the tires so I just want to know what is the price I can get because I am planning to move from here to Canada. Okay, okay. Yeah, so I just want to know what is the price I can. Uh, yeah. yeah, sure, fairly sure. desirable car. I don't think it'll stick around too long. Uh, with it having good kilometers, new tires, well maintained by the sound of things. I'd say around fifty-five to fifty-eight thousand dirhams. So if you're not in a rush, put it up for sixty, sixty-two, and just uh, see what happens. Really, but somewhere in the fifties is what you'd probably be expecting back in your hand. Yeah, because one of my one of my colleagues is asking for this car, so I can uh, I can tell him to fifty-five thousand, right? Yeah. What were you yeah. thinking? Yeah, I, I am. I am also expecting that same price. Okay, so we're on the ball. Yeah. So I think that's that's a comfortable figure, which is fair for you and fair for him. Yeah, sure. Thank you. Thank you very much for it. No problem. You can show him the recording of this uh, the show. <laughs> yeah, sure, 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 sure. Thank you. All, all the best with, with that one, Sunil. Uh, we're now going straight to uh, to Myrna. Good morning, Myrna. Good morning. Uh, so you have a uh, an Audi Q5 2015. It sounds like a nice... Tell, tell us more about, about, about your car. So we bought this car, um, I think it was the end of 2015 from the showroom itself. And uh, it was a show car, so it had 300 uh, kilometers on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, we haven't uh, driven it much. So uh, since then, it's around 81,000 kilometers in um, uh, mileage. And uh, it's not a full option car. It's dark gray. It's a 40, uh, the engine's a 40 TFSI. And that's pretty much all I know about it. <laughs> right, okay. So you've, you bought it from the dealership. So it was would have been in a, like an ex-demonstrator car or something like that. So almost new, just a few kilometers when you got it. Yeah. Yep, smart. And with it being an ex-demonstrator, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's fully loaded as well, which is not a bad thing. Um, and with the kilometers, which are also in your favor, relatively low, I'd say... It would be on the higher end of Q5s, but I'd say somewhere around 80,000, 85,000 dirhams. You just have to sit tight and wait for the right buyer because it has all the right oh, things wow. going for it. Okay, because uh, I thought it was worth much less uh, just because it's old, you know. It's, uh, yeah, so the, you, you see them advertised starting from 
50, 45, 50, 55,000, but they're not the 40 TFSI. They're the lower variant with the smaller wheels and less options and, and more kilometers. So when you add all that together, you pretty much got the most desirable Q5 2015 that I know of right now. So, you know, put a premium on that. Yeah, absolutely. Great. Thank you so much. Absolutely. And uh, and also, too, I mean, just, just a general rule of thumb, I think you could almost be safe to say, think of 2019 values yeah. and transfer it to now because exactly. uh, those who bought cars in 2019 are selling them for what they paid for, if not putting a little bit in the pocket. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's definitely in your favour, Myrna, for sure. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you so much. All the best. All the best. So we've got uh, qu- uh, a question from Talia, um, and uh, it is a question t- t- for you, Naz, uh, gents. Uh, considering replacing my two vehicles, one, I have a Nissan Patrol LE 2011, top of the range, 225,000 kilometres, green with a beige interior. I like that combination, mm. and a full service history. That really is a nice combination. It is, isn't it? it? <laughs> I really like that. Uh, and the other one is an Audi A6 2014, two-litre, standard, 190,000 kilometres, Silver with brown interior, also with a full service history. Um, thoughts on those first, but then also so the options. Uh, what, what, what are your thoughts firstly on, on those two cars? In terms of pricing, the uh, like I said, it's a desirable color. Sadly, the mileage is on the high side on the Nissan. I'd say around 60,000 to 65,000 dirhams. And for the A6, unfortunately, the, 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 the 190,000 kilometers does take its toll on a, on a 2014 A6. I'd say around 25,000 dirhams in today's mm. market. Yeah, and uh, the other the other, the other point Talia pointed out was thoughts on a replacement being uh, a short list of the Dodge Durango, the Genesis G70 G80, or the Lexus N- NX. Um, a pretty wide variety of, it, of vehicles it really there. Is. For sure. uh, personally, looking at those, choice. I would be uh, I'd be I'd be keen to go and have a look at the Genesis because it's the newest generation in terms of style, technology, and features. Of all of those three cars, um, and uh, they've just literally this week opened a new showroom, a standalone showroom down in Dira, next to the Hyundai showroom uh, down near the uh, the old clock tower. If you remember that, mm. so yeah, that'd be my personal opinion. Go and have a look at the Genesis because I know Hyundai give great warranty and great service I- intervals, and and just have a look at that first, and then if that doesn't tick the box, then maybe the Lexus and probably the Dodge after that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. The Genesis, I drove uh, one of the recent ones the other day, and I was really impressed, yeah. to be fair with you. Like, inside it. And the styling is fantastic. Exactly. Fix it or flip it. Yeah, that's right. We need the details of your car. We need the make, the model, the year, the colour, the mileage. We'll also give you car advice. So texting any car problems you have, send them to 4001 or via the ARM Play app. And Naz Chowdhury and myself will do our best to uh, to answer your calls. And we're going to go straight now to the line to Hayda. Hayder, thank you so much for uh, for holding on during the break there. No problem, mate. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Uh, now, you've got a, uh, a Chevrolet Trailblazer uh, 2019. Tell us tell us more about it. Yeah. So, first of all, uh, 103.8 is my go-to radio every day. I'm dropping my daughter at uh, her university. And uh, this weekend is the first time. So, I heard this. they are talking about cars. So, I said, why, why not? Uh, let's ask them. Okay, so it's a uh, uh, 2019 B71 uh, LT, uh, which is uh, basic version. But uh, the mileage is only 86,000. It's black in color, black uh, original alloys, new uh, tires, uh, excellent condition, no accident. Brilliant. Uh, well, thanks for giving us a call, and uh, and thanks for giving us a go on that one. Um, f- so, yeah, it's a Chevrolet Trailblazer 2019 LTZ71 uh, black, 87,000 kilometres. Uh, 
So uh, 80,000. 80, oh, okay. Okay. Fantastic. And G GCC. Hi, Heide. Thanks for calling in. In terms of pricing, I'd say uh, around eighty to 85,000 dirhams. Now, funnily enough, there are not many trailblazers on the used car market at the moment. I mean, last time I checked, I think in t 2018, there's only one or two available. So um, when you do advertise it, just stick to your price because there's not much yeah, else out you there. Know, you know, uh, I think this is one of the most underestimated off-road vehicles uh, here. People are going for Japanese, uh, Toyota, and Nissan, and yeah, all that. Yeah. But I have had this car uh, for uh, a year and a half now, and it's amazing in off-road and on-road also. Uh, I'm getting an average of uh, 10 kilometers to a liter, which is very good for a 3.6-liter engine. You know. Yeah, amazing. A absolutely, yeah. And, and they are a great... They're great uh, uh, I wouldn't say round town car because they're big, but they're a good urban car, but they also work well off-roaders. I didn't realize they were good off-roaders. So you actually take this out in the desert, do you? Yes, yes, I have. Wow. I have and Brave. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Well, I hope that, uh, hope that helps you, Hayda. Yeah, it, it, actually, I was expecting something around the 65 to 70. Now you have... Uh, you know, I made my hope very high. Yeah, it's a, it really is a seller's market. Get some nice pictures, get it advertised, and I don't think that'll stick around for too long. All right, guys. Thank you. Thank you for the advice. All, no care. problem. All the best. Thank you. All the best, Hayda. We're going now straight to uh, to AJ. Good morning, AJ. Yeah, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, thanks good morning. for holding on. Uh, now, you've got uh, uh, Chevrolet Captiva, yeah? Actually, I'm trying to sell my car. I was just looking for a valuation. Uh, it is a 2015 Chevrolet Captiva, full option LPZ, and uh, the color is metallic gray, leather interior, and 66,000 kilometers. Yeah, um, I'd say around 45,000 dirhams for that, AJ, and um, fairly desirable car, so it wants to crown. Sorry? Yeah, sold it to a, a selling agency. They came and they valued it for 20,000, and I knew it is. Who, who valued it at 20,000? Uh, can I tell the name? I mean, no, no, in terms of it, what type of. Was it a business like a dealership, yeah? Yeah, car selling company. Yeah, obviously they put their premiums on. I mean, I guess if you do go back to them and negotiate hard enough, they'll probably go up to 28, 29. Uh, no, because so, uh, in their website, Cars24 for the 2015 Captiva, they have listed it on 48,000. So I asked them what 48,000. I guess that's the premium between their buying price and yeah. selling price, honestly. Um, but if you were to look for a quicker cash sale in one of these, like, buying companies or trade-ins or things like that like after negotiation probably 25 to 28 but since it's a it's really a seller's market right now i wouldn't do that i'd advertise it myself at 45 and just uh, stick around some of the low 40s i'm really confident you'll get that my, i mean i would list that 45 and what should be my lowest uh if i go down i mean depends how long you're willing to wait if you're not rushing it it just see how much the phone rings you know if after a few days you don't get that many phone calls then maybe remanage your expectations to 40 but if you're getting three or four phone calls in the first day or two then try to um stick to your guns a bit you know but i'd say somewhere uh, in the very low 40s yeah and one more advice i was looking for buying i mean selling this one and buying another one so two options i have got a little bit confused so can you help me with that sure one the the jeep grand cherokee L, the new new thing that has been launched so that would be a new one I mean from the showroom mm. worth an Audi used because my budget is up there 250 so 250,000 is my budget so Audi Q7 
used one, which would be say 2019 model or something, mm. versus a Jeep Grand Cherokee L brand new one. Which one will be a better option mm. to go? How long are you planning to keep the next car for? Uh, say six years. Six years. I mean. Six years. The good thing is the Audis had the first bulk of depreciation, which has been taken off the car. So that always works to your advantage long term. Uh, however, the running cost could be slightly higher on the Q7 going forward. Like once you've run out yeah. of warranty and service contract, um, you know, the car will be getting on to eight, nine years old. It'll probably cost you a fair bit more than the Jeep to run. Uh, the Jeep, in my opinion, would probably end up costing less, uh, better depreciation values. But overall... It's a trade-off because the Q7 is a more luxury car. What are your thoughts, David? Yeah. My thinking was like after seven years or six years, if I'm trying to sell my car, the Jeep would be still six years old, whereas the Audi will be around eight, nine years. Yeah, that's that's why I said the depreciation will be less on the Jeep. Yeah, you, the, the, yeah, because you're starting with a newer car, obviously you'll you'll get a better value in time compared to buying a, a 2019 car now. So you you've got to take that into consideration that uh, that. If you if you go for the Audi, if you like it, pr- prefer it now, uh, you're going to get less for it when it comes time to sell in six years. Six years, a lot a lot of things can happen in that time. You've got the you've got the the full warranty on the new car right now. So I, if I'm going to have a car for six years, I'd be going for the as new a one as I could find. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Brilliant. Thank you so much. No problems at all, AJ. And. Uh, all the best. Absolutely. Now, uh, we've got uh, Chet on the line. Chet, thanks for, uh, for, for giving us a call. I, I understand you tried to get through, but, um, yeah, the lines are busy this morning, so th- thanks for being persistent. Well, good morning, team. Morning. Good morning. So you have a, uh, a white Jaguar F-Pace, yep? Correct. Okay. Um, so we got it directly from Altair as the uh, pre-owned, and um, so we got lucky because it was owned by the CFO, so it was top of the... Uh, line in terms of all-inclusive side steps. Nice. Um, and we've done about 100K so far just with the uh, school taxi runs uh, and so forth. And a bit like the previous caller, we're looking to swap. Um, so I already have uh, this. Actually, the, the Jag is my wife's car. So I already have the Tesla Y, and I think I managed to convince her to go electric. Uh, so we're looking to swap and just get your idea. Nice. Um in terms of the F-Pace, overall, it is a great car. Um, the mileage is slightly on the higher side for a Jaguar, if I'm honest. I mean, with the running cost and things like that of a used Jaguar, people tend to shy away when the kilometers goes over seventy to 80,000. Having said that, I'd still say it's worth probably advertising for 110 to 115. You can even push to 120 if it's. you said it's got the side steps and I don't know what other extras it's got but somewhere around there i'd say what were you thinking in terms of price raj well i'm not saying that's uh, better than what i was uh, aiming at so that's great news that's yeah. a good start. goes towards uh, the deposit for the next <laughs> what, what, what electric are you thinking of so again uh, love your advice on this as well so currently i've got the y and just never looked back and we we didn't. It didn't make sense to get for another Y. So I'm thinking Tesla Model Three, unless you are thinking there's other things on the market right now that could be worth considering. There's not a whole lot on the market right now. <laughs> um, 
And those who do have them uh, tend to hang on to them because they're, they're, they're invariably new buyers themselves. They're, they're just going through the process. So finding, uh, finding new stock is incredibly hard. Finding used stock, stock, I think, is also quite hard right now. So it depends on, uh, on your budget, what you're looking for, and, uh, and trying to convince someone to, to let go of their car because I, I'm not sure uh, what sort of market there is for, for people who want to uh, offload their electric vehicles at this stage. Well, I've, I saw a, te- a couple of – about two months ago when Tesla didn't have any Model Ys in stock, I actually saw used ones advertised well, relatively delivery mileage ones, advertised more than the new car price. So it just goes to show, really, the supply and demand at the moment. Um, in terms of fully electric vehicles, Tesla is number one, in my opinion. I mean, mm. you know, it works for you. It's obviously going to work for your partner as well. Um, the Model 3 is a great car, and you obviously have a lot of experience with your Model Y. Yeah. True. I mean, really great feedback, team. Just one more. Um, any thoughts on ID4, the VW? I know it's not official here yet, but I've seen a few on the road. The, the, that's the thing. There's we were talking about this the other day. There's a lot of ID fours around. There's a lot of IDs, but they're they're not coming through the official channels. So um, you you probably get one at a good price, but the thing is, is you won't get service from them for, through throughs like Al Nabuda. Um, and there's also some other issues in terms of uh, the connectivity to to Etisalat and and do for the for the car for the for the uh, for the servicing for the car the the over the air updates. I know that 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 doesn't work on these cars that come through. So you get a good price um, for one, but then you'll have to take that when you go to sell the car into into account yeah, as well. Yeah, which is a shame really because honestly they they are incredible cars. I drove yeah. one the other day and I was really really impressed really impressed really good yeah yeah and um in terms of pricing they're very well priced as well um i think there is an independent garage or dealership somewhere in alcoos that does put their hand up to to do warranties and service contracts on them um but you know if if you're willing to take a risk on uh, these imports honestly i actually think it's a great choice Mm. yeah so there you go um definitely definitely give that a consideration Fingers crossed they get uh, their act together and bring it, bring it here. Hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> We're all waiting for that day. Fix it or flip it. Send us a text to 4001 or via the ARN play app and Naz Chowdhury and I will do our best to uh, to answer your call. Now, we're going to go straight to the lines because, uh, Max, I do apologise for holding you on the line for so long there. But uh, you've got uh, – firstly, thank you for, for hanging on. And uh, you've got a, a nice car, Max, I have to say. BMW 528i M Sport uh, 2015. Uh, tell us as much as you can about it. Yeah, we bought it from uh, AGMC secondhand. Um, had the warranty package, of course, on it. Maintained it with them. Had unfortunately an accident on the school parking where somebody drove into our door, so it was repaired. And I got now a company car, so I got a car too many. This is the oldest one, so has to go. Okay, okay, hundred forty thousand kilometers. Uh, yeah. But the five to eight IM Sport—it's a great car, now. Yeah, it really is. It really is, and. Yeah. Uh, they've still held their value relatively well in, in terms of the BMW lineup. I'd say today's value max is around 70 to 75,000 dirhams. Um, you might yeah. struggle. I mean, there's not many out there, but it is a very well spec car with the um, being an M Sport. But, you know, if you were to put it up at 70,000, uh, expect to get off for somewhere in the mid, mid to late 60s, really, depending on how much of a rush you're in. Yeah, yeah, not too much of a rush. So, uh it should be okay. Well, it Again, it's one of those cars, Max. Hold out. Someone's going to phone you and say, "I want a five two eight I M Sport," and it's and, the and M Sport and, that makes it desirable. Exactly, yeah. and that's the hook. You've got them. So hold out, and you'll get what you want for sure. Okay. 
Thank you very much. All the best. Yeah. Thanks very much, Max. And uh, we're going now to uh, Good Morning, Harish. Harish, it's a, it's a morning for Audis, and you've got another one. Tell us about it. Hey, good morning, guys. Uh, good morning. So I have an Audi A4 2016, the new model. That is uh, the new facelift and the new platform B9. So I've done 160 and done all the services in Audi uh, Al Nabuda. Now, I'm planning to sell the car. I'm planning to buy a new one, um, probably uh, Grand Cherokee or Q5 or Q6, something like that. Uh, but I'm expecting to sell it, but market is, the response is quite weary, right? So the, the agency is giving a very low price, but when I look at the market, it is very high. So I just want to see what is the evaluation of my car. Sure. May I ask um, what... And is it the thirty-five? Two liter. Uh, yeah, it's a forty-two two-liter turbo, one ninety um, horsepower. Yeah, I think the thing that's throwing everyone off is the kilometers, because one hundred sixty thousand is mm. relatively high for a yeah. uh, for a two thousand and sixteen Audi. I mean, in terms of price, I guess if you were to trade it in and things like that, I'm guessing they're offering around thirty twenty-five thirty. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you were to advertise it privately, you know, there's a big variance. You see them advertise for forty-five fifty, so. Um, my opinion is realistic, like cash in your hand price is somewhere in the middle, late 30s, early 40s, somewhere there. Excellent. What were All you right. thinking? I was, expecting, I was expecting around 45 to 50, that's it. It's just because yeah. the mileage is slightly on the higher side. I yeah. think you just knock your expectations down by 5,000, you're, you're pretty much there, really. All right, excellent. Thank yeah. you, guys. No there problems. you go, Harish. Yeah, um, and, and I think there is it's important to note with 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 the caller like Harish with the car. If, pri- if a private buyer is looking for an A4 Turbo, then you'll you'll get your price mm. because the mileage isn't a huge consideration for a private buyer. If they want the car, yeah, they want yeah, the car. That's right. Yeah. But if you're going to go through a dealership process, mileage is king. Isn't it's it? on paper, right? So yeah. just depreciation, right? It's about profitability is margins. Off. Exactly. So for that kind of thing, absolutely, I think, uh, yeah, sell that one privately. Uh, now, we've got a message here that's uh, been texted in from uh, Chris, uh, and Chris has got a 2020 Nissan Patrol Y62 model, LE uh, T2 is the V8 white with um, only 36,000 kilometres on it for a 2020 model. That's uh, pretty low mileage, I would have thought, Naz. Yeah, it is. It's uh, very low mileage. And as you know, in this region, it's probably every other car on the road seems to be a patrol or a Land Cruiser. So it's a very desirable car. Um, in terms of pricing, LE T2, um, I'd say it's around low 200s. If it's the car I'm thinking of, it's not the Safari, is it? It's the it's the full patrol, the T2. That T2 yeah, is thrown me off. Yeah, so, so, so it doesn't say it's a Safari. Yeah, yeah. So I'd say around around two hundred thousand dirhams is what it's worth. Okay, yeah, that's that's not uh, that's not too bad at all for for a twenty twenty model. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, so there we go. Now we've got just seeing we've got uh, one more text message that's come through. Uh, and it's uh, Joshua has uh, texted in a 2019 Mitsubishi Pajero. We get a lot of Pajeros. Yeah, uh, it's a white one, GLS midline with a sunroof. Uh, only 105,000 kilometres for a 2019 model, so he's looked after it. I'd say that's on the high side, in all fairness, for, 20, so? for okay. 2019. Um, did he tell you if it's a four door or two door? Because that does uh, make a difference. No, it's these sadly a four door. I'm guessing. I'm not sure. Yeah, and the GLS that makes it a three point eight, which is a yeah. desirable one. I'd say in terms of pricing, you're looking at around sixty five to seventy thousand dirhams. And honestly, these change hands very, very quickly. I've seen these. You know, you can advertise them at nine a.m. and by lunchtime, the car's gone. You know, they're very, very, very desirable. Yeah, there you go. There's the value there. And uh, and 
That's the end of the first hour. That's the end of uh, valuations for this one. So thank you so much, Naz Chowdhury. Thank you for um, having me. You've, uh, you, what have you got? Any plans driving anything nice coming up? Um, I've just pulled a GT3 out of storage, a Ooh, 997 GT3. Yes. There's a track day coming up on Sunday, so really looking forward to that at the Autodrome. And uh, just going to enjoy the weather as much as I can, really. Pull, pull some of the older cars out and enjoy them. <laughs> Fantastic. That's the way to go.